Welcome to the latest episode of the Nickel City Soundtrack Podcast. Today we're talking to Buffalo Hardcore Luminary Jeremy Smith. Uh, we're talking to Jeremy about his band tuning, which isn't from Buffalo, but as we know, Jeremy's from Buffalo. And this is his latest project. Yeah, we're going with a little bit of a different direction because we, you know, we want to have a spotlight on you know, people who came up in the Buffalo scene but have moved on to other places and doing other things. But we're still keeping that hometown pride and keeping it here, you know, because Jeremy came from here. But we want to help him, you know, talk to him about what he's doing now because not everything can be about the past. But don't worry, we'll get back there. This is going to be cool, too, because Jeremy's record just came out on Indecision Records. And, you know, maybe some people will listen to this, you know, realize Jeremy is still alive out in California <laughs> and check out what he's doing. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty cool record. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a good record. You should check it out. It's got a lot going on to a lot of layers. Definitely check it out. Support the hometown kid. And, uh, you know, stay up on what's happening. And without further ado, here is Jeremy Smith. So you want to start it off, Chris? Uh, you want to do a little intro or record an intro later? Record an intro later. Okay. Um... I don't know, I guess give a, uh, a brief history of tuning. Tuning started in what, 2018? And you uh, dropped? Yes. 2018 would be the official. I mean, I tried for like a year to get that band going mm-hmm. um, with different people, and it just it just wasn't clicking. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in 2018... Um, in the summer of 2018, it kind of came together. Um, we had a guitar player, but because of his job, he just would like randomly show up. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be there like all the time. I mean, he's our guitar player now, but like we, we kept practicing. Me and the bass player and our and our drummer, and we're writing songs and stuff. And like this dude like disappears for like two months. And we're like, oh, okay, because it, cause it was, his job is like he doesn't work. He doesn't work that job anymore, thankfully. Mm-hmm. His, his job was like grind. He lived. He worked in the city, and it was like grinding him out like 16, 18 hour days. So like he couldn't like he couldn't. And he was like the head of dietetics for a hospital, so it's not like he could just like fucking like say see ya, you know. Work had to be done. He's got to be stuck there. So like he missed practice for like two months. But we kept pushing on, and then we decided to uh, to re- record a demo. Uh, but the demo actually ended up becoming our first LP, Hanging Thread. Um, and I played, uh, even though Adrian uh, and Matt are both listed um, in the liner notes uh, as being in the band, because we played our first shows before it was, like, released or whatever. Um, I mean, but, that's generally uh, how it goes, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we recorded in November 2018. We played our first show... December 2018. Uh, then the record came out March 2019. Um, and on the record, I played guitar and song. Um, and uh, played a whole bunch of shows. Um, did our first like out of town weekend in 2019. Um, album came out. And then beginning of 2020, we did a quick little East Coast or West Coast tour with Slapshot. Uh, we played a really uh, wild show in Orange County with Excel and JFA and Ancient Orange and Black Flag and Skeletal Remains and uh, uh, Skull Crack. It's just a wild. Didn't like a band, band play that show? That- uh, yeah, they played really early. Um, uh, Shiner's Club. They played yeah. like. They- they played the main stage like first or second. We played the second stage in between JFA and Excel, like midday. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, and then uh, right after that, we uh, we 
we're talking. We had been talking. I've been kind of talking to Dave from Indecision, and at that show in OC, he was, uh, you know, we were talking quite a bit. And then a week or two after that, uh, he asked, you know, he asked us if we'd like to do the LP on our new recording on uh, Indecision, and that record is defining the purpose, which came out last Friday. So to touch on the first record, what label did it come out on? How did you end up? Wasn't it uh, Unity Worldwide or something like that? Unity Worldwide. So the story with that, it's it's like crazy. So we recorded we recorded the songs, and um, you know I didn't know what I I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I was like, oh, let me just send it around, and we were gonna do you know you know just kind of like see what happens. So I just sent it to like people that I kind of knew. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Our, and even though I hadn't met him yet, although I've hung out with him s- since when he was in the States, um, Andy at Cortex Records, I was friends with him on, I'd been friends with him on Instagram uh, and on uh, Facebook um, for a while, uh, along with a you know, few other German hardcore people. And I sent it to him and uh, within like, 45 minutes of him getting it he's writing back to me and he's like dude i love this i have a friend who has a label who i think would want to put this out do you mind if i share it with him and that was uh billy at uh, unity worldwide um he shared it with him and billy hit me up like an hour and a half later and was like so let's do your lp i was like lp (laughs) i was like okay sure that's cool and then we, our friend Eric, who sings for that band Discourage, uh, he does like a tape label called Wide-Eyed Noise. And we asked him to do uh, like a promo cassette of two songs off what was going to be our LP. Um, but what's funny is that by the time that cassette actually came out, uh, four months later, um, we already had copies of the LP. So I ended up taking, I, I ended up keeping one demo for myself and then uh, to promote our record release show, I went to a Gorilla Biscuit show at Gilman and put flyers in those cassettes and walked through the line and handed out like 40 cassettes of our two song of our two song of two of our songs off the LP to promote the, the record release show. Nice. So. Cool. So um the, who's in the band? Are those guys all older guys, or are there like a combination of older and younger guys? Well, I, obviously, I'm the oldest guy. God. I mean, that's how it goes. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my mid 40s. Uh, our guitar player Matt, um, he's in Discourage, um, and I'm not sure what bands he was in before that, but he's he's in his he's the second oldest. Uh, he's like nine years younger than me. Um, and then the rest of the guys are between like 31 and 34. Yeah. Um, and like our guitar player, uh, he was in like a band in Oxnard where he's from when he was younger, but had, had, he, he had not until this band, he had not played a show since he was in high school. He had gone to shows, but he hadn't been in a band since high school. So how do you um, find a guy who hasn't been in a band since high school? He was friends with our drummer because they both, because our, our drummer went to school in Los Angeles, in Southern California, and they met down there and became friends. And then, you know, he came back up here and, and our guitar player, Adrian, moved up here and they stayed friends. Oh, God. So, you know, he was like, oh, you know, this guy plays guitar and he's, in, he's into like the stuff that we're all into. So let me ask him. Because we had asked like other people to play guitar, and like, like one famously is John Lacroix from from Ten Yard Fight, who lives up here, and he's a friend. He sung backup on the new record and stuff, um, you know. And he likes the band, and he's he's a great guy. And we, we you know, but he uh, he just couldn't pick up what we were laying, what I was laying down, like for whatever reason. Like I would try to show him songs, and he just he just. I don't know if his head just wasn't in it or what, but he came to one practice and tried to learn the songs. And it was just like, I don't think I have time to do this. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, various other people we'd ask and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. And then just, you know, fall off the face of the earth. Um, but then Adrian was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to do it. And Adrian actually, he played, he was friends with 
uh, and played played pool with this guy uh, who's, who plays bass for us. Um, and he was just like, oh, you know, my friend Ben wants to be in a band. I think he'd be really good. And Ben is an incredible bass player. He's like a really good bass player. So as soon as he came down and started like playing along with the stuff, I was like, oh yeah, this is our guy. Like he's more of like an indie rock, like post punk guy. Um, I mean, he listened to a lot, a lot of like heavier hardcore when he was younger, but now he's more like an indie rock guy. Um, but he's totally into what we do. And, you know, he's a really good bass player and he's just totally down, down for the cause. So is he another band or was he another no, band? He was, he's, he's originally from, um, from Milwaukee. Um, so he's from that scene. He, he, he lives here with his, with his, uh, with his wife. Okay. So, um, but yeah, he hadn't been in a band here. He was in an indie band in Milwaukee, but their name escapes me. Um, but yeah, he's cool. And then our other guitar player, Matt, who I already mentioned, uh, Murtaza, our drummer, um, he sung for a band called Until Your Heart Stops, which was like kind of like a band out here who played, played a lot of shows in the like mid-2000s. Before that, he was in a pop-punk band that I guess was pretty popular. They were on the same label. They were on Lobster Records with Yellow Card and stuff. That was a long, that was a long time ago. So yeah. um, I want to say they were called First to Leave. I want to say I, I could be wrong. I don't know from that band. I know him because of Until Your Heart Stops. So, um, And he plays in another band right now called a pop punk band now called Blaming You with a lot of the guys who were in some of his older bands. Okay. Um, but yeah. So... Um... Why the quick turnaround between the two albums? Because when you had the other one coming out, I was like, how is this already coming out again? Like, why do you have another album out already? Like, why the quick... We, re we, we record them a year apart. I mean, yeah. a year? That's, 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 that's right, right? Seems fast to me. I don't know, but, you know, it's, it's the way it is now. It's a, it's a little quick. I mean, I understand that the first record was a demo, but, like, it came out less than a year. I mean, well, maybe just over a year ago. But, I mean, like, yeah, the first one came out March 19, and this one came out August 20. Yeah, I so, mean, generally, I mean, that's kind of an old-school thing, records coming out a bit quicker, but lately, bands generally put two to three years between record releases. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, though, if we were practicing right now, I'd have a ready, another one ready to go, probably. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're like freaking Harley or the West Coast Harley just pumping out records. <laughs> I mean, I write, I write songs. I play guitar, you know, and it's just like, and, and with the bands that I've I've been in prior to this, you know, I was I was the main songwriter. I and it wouldn't be just like the music; it'd be music and lyrics, and just have it all ready to go. Yeah. Um, and and I still do that. It, it still it still happens like that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I write stuff, and and, and it, it is what it is. And you know, the, uh, the difference between the second one. So the first one was just me. And some of those songs I had laying around for a long time, you know what I mean? Like for years, like, so, you know, some of that stuff I wrote when I first got to California, you know, five years ago, um, sitting in, sitting in the dorm room that I was staying in when I first started working at the college I work at. Um, so I had some of that stuff kicking around for a long time. So then I started writing. So like two of the songs that are on the new record, um, were actually written around the same time as the songs for the, the for Hanging Thread, the first record. Um, Adama was written shortly after, um, although I had all the parts, but there's uh, the song The Lost War, which was the second single we released off of it. It's the last song on the LP. Um, I had the music to that completely finished, and me and the drummer were working on that song the same time we were working on the Hanging Thread songs. I just didn't like the lyrics I wrote. And so I was like, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to table this and not, not worry about it till another time. And then, you know, when it came time to work on the new work on the started when the band was like an actual functioning band and we wanted to work on new stuff. And, you know, I wrote the song, but everybody kind of had input on, on, on the newer one. Um, and everybody was really jazzed because, you know, we were getting a lot of shows and we were like really pumped and we wanted to like, you know, work as a real band. So it, it came along quickly, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always writing material. 
What is a dama? What is a dama? You don't know what a dama is? No. You don't? Okay, so... So the the, diff, the big difference between this band and like bands I did before is I put a lot more of myself into this stuff. And I'm like a big geek. You know what I mean? Like I'm a big like, like, like science fiction fantasy person. So like the first record, like every song is like named after a movie character, television character, episode of Robotech. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the first record. Like, like Murphy, all this, like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. RoboCop reference, yeah. Yeah, RoboCop, so, like, all that stuff is, like, you know, those songs aren't, like, the song Murphy's You isn't about RoboCop, but, you know, I thought that the the title was fitting for the subject matter of the song. Mm -hmm. So, on the first record, the first song on the record is called Kara Thrace. Yeah. Which is a character uh, from uh, the the 2003 reimagined Battlestar Galactica, which I'm a huge fan of even though I'm a bigger fan of the original series from the seventies, yeah. big fan of the reimagined as well, especially those first like three seasons. Um, well, her like on again, off again, love interest who is, you know, everybody in that series is kind of damaged goods. It was like, kind of like how TV was working at the time. Yeah. Um, and her on again, off again, love interest is uh, Leah Dama. Uh, which is, uh, you know, and so, uh, but it could also be about, uh, you know, Commander Adama, who's the guy who kind of leads everybody everywhere, because he, because do- nobody knows which way is up in that series. They're, 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 the enemy's constantly on their tail, you know, humanity is, they're looking at the numbers, they keep running tallies of how many human beings are left alive. Mm-hmm. And they have to, they have to figure out a way of keeping these human beings left alive. And it's just, it's just ticking down you know, and they don't know what to do. So they don't know which way is up. So I kind of wrote that song, you know, not really knowing which way is up, but kind of getting through. And uh, I thought Adama was a, was a fitting title for this song. Also at the first song on the record, Quiet Heroes, um, the last sing-along is So Say We All, (laughs) which is what the, uh, what they, what they say when they're trying to pump each other up on Battlestar Galactica. So say we all. And so anyway, yeah. So that's 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 the Adama thing. I mean, I really we, you know. we we could easily go into like hours of geek talk, but I feel like we'd lose Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark Mark's not Mark's not as entrenched as we are. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Mark Mark likes Mark likes sports. Yeah. <laughs> He's the other end. <laughs> so what about the artwork on the album where where did was, that come from i was actually i was just gonna ask that and i want to just add to that the artwork that you had from um the first record with like the skull and kind of monotone from this to the tank with the sunflowers like where did you get the artwork and if maybe you can like say something about the evolution from the first to the second okay so um the uh the first record, you know, I kind of wanted, because our sound is like, it's like melodic hardcore, but it's, it's punk and it's, especially on the first one, it's, it's like punk and hardcore. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of wanted um, artwork that would represent that. Um, and so I reached out to Ryan, um, uh, who's being Kid Gorgeous and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Ryan Bash, uh, he's a Buffalo guy, old friend. He did uh, the cover for the Control LP. Um, he did a bunch of Control T-shirt designs. He did uh, the layout for the first Dead Hearts uh, EP, a bunch of Dead Hearts designs. He did the cover of the Dark Path demo. I just I'm a fan of his 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 style, uh, but he's like that's like you know when he did all those designs, he was doing that was like his side gig. Um, now he's like a full time like you know, realized graphic artists. Like he's doing work for like fish and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, So, you know, I wasn't sure if he'd have time or even if he'd be able to like nail what we were looking for. And uh, I thought he did a pretty good job because I kind of want to do something that would be like more akin to like a Kid Dynamite kind of cover. 
Yeah. Like something that would like make sense to hark some hardcore kids, hark some hardcore kids and some punk kids. And that's mm-hmm. where um that's where the 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 idea for the first record came from. And uh Ryan sent back a couple ideas and and we liked them, so we ran with it. Uh the new one, when I was writing lyrics for uh the album, I wrote the lyrics to the song Purpose. And I thought about you know, oh, I think it'd be cool to call the record defining the purpose because, you know, the whole record is about like, you know, the human condition and how like really what we look for is, is we're always looking for meaning and we're always looking for purpose in life because if you're not doing that, then you're not really living, you know, and, and I think everybody wants to understand how they fit into the world. So I was writing lyrics along those lines and um I happened to see a picture uh, of, a, of a, a World War II tank in a sunflower seed, a Russian tank in a, in a sunflower field. And uh, it was taken 20 in the 60s. And I thought that that was like a really striking image, but everything we could find online, it couldn't really tell us where the image was from or who took it. Um, saw multiple multiple websites that would list it as a different person took it and a different person owned the copyright to it and all this weird stuff. And I thought, man, this to get the permission, this might even be a public domain. It might even be a public domain picture because it's so old. Just don't know. Um, couldn't really find the information uh, after looking for it for, for a super long time. And I went through something very similar with the cover of the Modern Problems LP trying to find out who to uh who to credit so to kind of like not have to deal with it at all uh, i reached out to my friend johan who used who did reflections records who did a record for the control and for dead hearts um and he's not he's not really that super into hardcore anymore he's like a big metal guy now um in his old age um but he's an incredible painter like like check his stuff out online it's like phenomenal like that's what he's really into doing right now is is painting and he's very very good and so i said you know here's this image can we do something similar but maybe change it a little bit so it conveys this this thing but isn't an ex- direct painting a, a direct you know guy and he did something very very close um and i really loved the vibe of it and I was just like, this really kind of fits the vibe of the lyrics and the vibe of the record. And, you know, you have this like stark contrast between, you know, this dilapidated re- weapon of war and this beautiful sunflower field. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how, how being a human being is like, like, you know, you, you can you can you feel like at some point you know you're a dangerous thing you feel like you're broken down and you can feel the beauty of of living all at the same time and i thought that that image was like you know really uh really incredible and really inspiring um and so when i started really thinking about it i thought yes this is what this is what we should do and i reached out to johan and he 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 did a fantastic job and we sent it off to uh and it was funny because Indecision was like, oh, you know, what are you thinking about for cover art? And I'm like, oh, I already have the painting. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Because, like, I had it all ready to go. Because I thought, you know, I started, I sent that out to labels starting in November of last year. And I didn't know if anybody would be interested. Especially because at the time, we'd only really played the Bay. Like, we, you know, we eventually did a tour with Slapshot. But at the time, you know, we hadn't really played within any further than an hour and a half from where we're from, you know. And so I was like, oh, you know, and we're not, we're old guys. We're not young people. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't have the visibility with young people the way a young, a young person's band would. You know, like Um, speaking on that, I saw something recently that said hardcore is now 25 to 45. So you guys kind of fit that demographic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can tell you what our Spotify numbers are. I mean, our Spotify numbers (laughs) Oh, my phone's right in front of me. It's stupid. Uh, our Spotify <laughs> numbers, you know, are are 12% of our listeners are between the age of 23 and 27. 
the vast majority of our listeners are between 27 and 35. Mm. So, um, according to Spotify. Now, however, the 23 to 27 demographic is growing, according to Spotify. Who gives a fuck about any of those numbers? I mean, you know, I, I know I'm not a tastemaker anymore. If I ever was one, I, I'm, I'm too old for that stuff. Like young people are the tastemakers. And like, there are certainly bands that connect. I, I believe people. the term now is influencer. Yeah. Well, either, yeah, I'm not an influencer. And if I ever was, um, but like young people, that's a young, that's young people. And there's young people who are, I, I, I mean, I go to shows, I see young people at shows. Um, it's just a lot of times the bands that they're interested in, aren't stuff I'm necessarily interested in the type of music that say the three of us would really, really go hard for uh, that demographic is definitely shifting to mid twenties up. Um, there's actually, you know, there's a, there's a new band in Jersey called reaching out. That's like high school kids. And it's like, I haven't heard them yet, but considering who their parents are and who they're around, I can kind of take a guess. And it's like it's actually exciting to see like high school kids doing hardcore because I mean I personally haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, there's a lot of young like here in the Bay. There's a lot of young bands. Um, Santa Cruz. There's a lot of young, a lot of young bands. Um, you know, like Scowl and stuff like that. Like those bands. You know, people in in Jawstruck are probably you know early twenties now. Yeah, but I'm saying like these kids are like tenth graders. Like they're high school. Oh, okay, kids. okay, yeah. Yeah, like right. they're legitimately hardcore kids. Right, right, right. So that's that's cool. But I mean, I do I do see young people out at shows. Um, but it's you know it it is what it is. I mean, guitar music is dead. I mean, we can't we can't we can't pretend that music fueled by guitar is thriving right now. It's not. It's niche. It's completely niche. Electronic music, pop music. That's what that's what rules the day. You can look at the numbers. You can go on Spotify and look at monthly listeners. To your to your your jaw is so numb and from dropping. Um, you know, but that's fine. I don't care. I don't, I never wanted to like, you know, be in like a huge, I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be in a big metal band, but I'm not good enough to play metal. So that right, but I was just going to say like, as hardcore kids, why would we even, or hardcore adults, why would we even care about what the mainstream is doing and whether or not it's guitar yes. driven? Yeah. But it's not that I, it's not that we should care. It's just across the board. I mean, rock music is done i mean it's just maybe it'll come back but you know it had a good run it's been it's been around 70 years you know it's, it's fine it's 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 in decline it's just like anything else i mean you know are jazz artists packing them in at this point in history nobody's no. packing it in right now man yeah nobody nobody's well nobody's <laughs> yeah, like right nobody but you know what i mean like you know like classical classical isn't the music of the day any longer and that's fine it's it, it's okay you know it's okay with being niche it's okay with sometimes i have a breakout you know band or whatever um you know i don't i don't do it i don't do it because you know i necessarily care about what other people think about it or how they're going to enjoy it i do it because i need to you know it's 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 something I don't know. It's something, it's something I can't quite process. You know what I mean? Like I have to write songs. I have to like, you know, keep creating, um, you know, it's, it's, it's my art or whatever. I mean, that sounds lame because it's not art at all. It's, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I just have to, I have to push myself and keep doing it. Um, and it, you know, it's not to the point where it's sad yet like that. Like, it's not like, <laughs> It's not like the Thor documentary. I don't know if you guys have seen that. No, like, I'm, I'm guessing the band Thor. Cause... Yeah, the heavy metal guy Thor. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't like, even know what that you is. You watch that documentary and you're like, dude, you sh should have hung this up by now. <laughs> you know, I'm still, I'm still at an age where it, it, it can work. And, you know, it's not like I'm trying to do it full time or for the, you know, the glory. I do it because it needs to be done. So here's yes. a question. Sure. Where do you think is the line of age when, like, you or someone should stop? Um, it's not. Or is there a line? I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's an attitude thing. Um, I think I think once you reach the point where you can't accept a changing context, uh, that you need to stop. Like there, there are guys out there who don't who, you know, don't understand that that 
as the years go on, contexts for things change and that you either need to accept that and move forward with it or you need to just be done with it. And uh, I think, you know, with a lot of, a lot of people have a problem, you know, with the context of politics changing, the context of how people interact with one another changing, um, you know, it's, it's great to be a stalwart, you know, old stalwart, you know, just be like, yeah, this is how it's going to be. And this is how it was. But at some point you got to accept that, that the world is ever changing and you don't have to change with it. You just have to accept that it changes. And I think a lot of people have a problem with accepting that change. Um, and, you know, just have an issue with, with how they relate to the context of things, you know, like I said before, like I'm not a tastemaker. I'm not in the age group of a tastemaker anymore. And I think if a lot of guys my age and a little older kind of accepted that, that they're not the guys who steer the ship anymore, they can still be passengers on the ship by any, you know, they can still even say to the captain of the ship, Hey, maybe we should go, you know, maybe we should go North instead of South, but it's, 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 they're not at the helm any longer. Um, and, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if you're picking up what I'm laying no, down. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're saying like with pe like people who like are like, uh, you know, hardcore was cooler when I was a kid. Like I hate that. I hate that shit. Yeah, they don't matter. I would, even, I would even add people that are trying to be who are in their 40s trying to be relevant to 20-year-olds. And it's like it's two different you're in two different worlds. Like you shouldn't, Absolutely. not that you shouldn't care what 20 year olds think, but you shouldn't cater to 20 year olds because you're not 20 right. anymore. You know, right. like just, just be you. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's, that's something I've always tried to do my entire life is just to kind of be me. And you know, those consequences have been dire at times, but you know, <laughs> it, it, is, it is, it is what it is, you know, be true to yourself, you know, um, you know, be, be, be your, truly be yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think as people involved in a music scene get older, they kind of don't know how that works anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's like this. There was a time when traveling by boat was the best way to get across across the other side of, of, of the world, across the other side of the ocean or whatever. And then air travel came along. Maybe it's time to get on the plane, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop, stop riding the boat, you know? Yeah. You know? There was a time when people rode by horseback to get across country. Well, maybe it's time to, to get in the Jeep, guys. You know, like, it, it's okay. It's okay for things to progress. To progress. And, and, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying by, by any, I mean, there are bands right now that I just don't get and young people love them. And I just straight up don't understand it. Name but names. I'm, nah, I'm not going to name names. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's just like one of those things where I just hear a band. I'm like, I recognize immediately that it's for other people. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. Younger people, just other people that aren't me. Yeah. You know, and so I just go, hey, you know, that's that's great. You know, and I'll see I'll, I'll see bands like that, too. And I'll just be like, fuck, kids are really into this. People are super pumped on this band. I don't like it. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm not afraid. I'll say, like, is as an example, um, Code Orange. It's not for me. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't I don't. That's 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 kind of what I'm talking about. Like, I don't understand that at all. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't I you know. I don't know if it's bad or good. I just don't get it. And right. And they don't need me as a fan. So it doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like it's. But at the same time, I do have the Vane record. <laughs> I like the Vane record. I'm not going to lie. I do like the Vane record. I like the Vane record too. And that is clearly for kids young, for not kids younger, yeah. but for other people. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that is that also not for me, but I like it. Exactly. Exactly. That's so, so, you know, sometimes, sometimes the, 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 the definitions aren't, like I said, the context isn't rigid, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, like there's definitely a whole like kind of alternative rock um, wanting to be alternative metal or alternative rock thing kind of growing. Uh, seems like it's more of an East coast thing right now. 
Um, and, and it's like, I just don't get it. Um, I, I don't understand, like, I don't understand it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's cool, I guess. But who is the music you're writing for for? Is it for yourself? And that's awesome. But is it, does it, are there other motives? Are you guys trying to become popular? Are you trying to, to you know, to, to, to break out or whatever? And so I get a little confused with some, with some bands. Um, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just a hardcore guy, you know? I mean, I love metal, you know? And so, like, <laughs> I want to hear hardcore and metal, you know? And, you know, at the same uh, time, though, you guys are talking about, like, liking the Vane record. Like, I like, like, you know, I still care about hardcore and stuff, but I won't even give that a chance. Like, I don't care. I don't, I don't need to even, like, go anywhere near that, like, Vane or Dude. That record is, man. No, I don't need it. Yeah, it it actually is good. And, like, I I was initially, like, that whole vein windbreaker thing that's fucking whack. It's beat. That's stupid. Yeah. And then I think I was at the gym or something, and it just kind of came up on Spotify. It's like, oh, this actually isn't half bad. Now, I'm not saying that I'm, like, I'm going to rock it after this. But, like, I'm not opposed to it. Like, whereas Code Orange comes on, I'm like, yeah, nope. Like, this is not for me. Yeah, uh, that's, and that's fine. I mean, there's, you know, it's like uh, the other day I posted that I didn't like Warzone, and like you know Scott was like, oh, so I'm we're ending gonna... the podcast right here. Um, <laughs> so, but here's the thing, though, you don't, you know, the thing is, is there are literally thousands of other bands I can like. You know, mm. like mm. And there are literally thousands of other bands I do like. You know, and and. Contextually, growing up, you know, Warzone didn't strike a chord with me. I'm from the suburbs. I'm not from the streets. And when I got into hardcore, it was the Bullet Hole album that was the first record I heard. <laughs> Give me a fucking break, people. Like, that's the stuff yeah. I heard. Like, it took me, it took no. me like 10 years to get into the Cro-Mags because the first stuff I heard was Best Wishes. And I was like, why would I listen to this when I could just listen to Ride the Lightning? Like, there are no bad there are no bad Cro-Mag records. And uh, I'm gonna tell you a real quick funny story about the Bullet Hole Warzone record and a member of Warzone when you're done with us. Sure. I'm just saying, like, well, as far as the Cro-Mags, I mean, all you really need is all you really truly need is the Age of Quarrel demo. That's all you really need. Like, like that's all you for me, that's all I need. I I mean I do like the Age of Quarrel LP on profile a lot too, but the, for me, the be-all end-all for Chromex is the demo. It's 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 perfect. I mean, you can't when you when when your bar is that high, you know that's a band that. I mean, it, there's different iterations of that band or whatever, but they should have just taken the victory lap, man. <laughs> they should just, like like we recorded an incredible record, a really good LP. You know, I like Best Wishes now, but when I was a kid, I, I did not. Um, but after that, it's like guys. Oh, what is this? And 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 you know, you what? know, John, John and Mackie seem to understand that. So when they went out, they played each quarrel and maybe one or two songs off Best Wishes. You know what I mean? Like that. They, they like, played the songs that they played in that original right, lineup right. set, and that's yeah. like what people want to see. I yeah. mean, I guess now it's shifting, but that Harley thing is—I'm not into that at all. No, I think the Harley thing is starting to get beat because that last record was beat. And well, not like that. Like I saw it, and it was like. When I saw him, it was like bad. It was like bad. And I'm yeah, like, I made shit. I made the suggestion that the two of them, JM and Harley Mags, either uh, you know JM just keeps doing Age of Quarrel and Harley Mags does Best Wishes and Alpha Omega because that's what people want to see from those two, right? Or they play the same show and the band that gets the better response is the band that goes forward. Yeah, but that's you know. That's 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 great wishful thinking. That would be a great Josie and the Pussycats episode. But dude, I like it would be perfect. Do it. This is hardcore. One place Friday, one place Saturday. They don't even have to see each other. Yeah, but that's that's not. You know, there's there's too much there's too much legal stuff now between that for that to ever happen. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, so one of the guys who was in Warzone is a huge Corn fan. Okay. Like, has like gold corn records on his wall and uh his like he's like a corn super fan. That's Never guess strange. which guy. Off of uh the Don't Forget the Struggle lineup. 
I, I don't know. I don't know who was in the band besides Todd and, mm. and Rabies and that EK guy who was also in, uh, in Sick of It All. Like those are the yeah. only guys I know of. Do we ever? Yeah, in crazy. That Crazy Jay Skin is like the was a giant corn fan. Crazy. That's, just, that's weird. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real strange. weird. That's we're really getting strange. off track though, you guys. Talking about oh, sorry. Yeah, well, we're just... zone. <laughs> hey, these things happen. <laughs> yes. He makes a statement that he doesn't like Warzone. Things go off the rails. Fair enough. So what what does tuning want to do? Just like kind of play like weekends and shit like that and yeah, I mean, whatever what, whatever we can that fits into all of our schedules because we're all grown-ups, you know. We're all guys with, like, careers and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but because we all have careers, we do have vacation time and yeah. stuff like that, you know, accrued. So, you know, it, it, it'd be – we, talk, we talked about, you know, before – I mean, we had other shows lined up when COVID – before COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was really looking for, we were playing with negative approach. And like, I was like, for me, that was like, I've made it, <laughs> you, know? We're with, you know, we're playing with like one of my all time favorite yeah, bands. Like, like you toured with Slapshot, you're playing with negative approach. Like that's like little Jeremy Smith's like, right. And we played with all, we got all the goals being hit. Yeah. It's like, we play with black flag. I mean, it's not black flag, but it's black flag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, you know, and, and, and JFA and Agent Orange and Excel and all these, like, yeah. classic bands, I'm just like, I'm like, this is amazing. And those opportunities were still coming to us mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we're chill guys. So, like, we meet people and they're like, oh, you know, cool. Like, this is a, this is a good band and they're cool guys. Let's, let's, let's do stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, and the Slapshot run was really great. Those guys, you know. Ryan and Dom and, and, and those guys were, were Corey and, and Jack, like those guys were like, cool. Like those were, those guys were cool to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ray uh, from full bone chaos, who I knew because dead hearts did some shows with them uh, right before the end. Uh, so it was like cool connecting with him again. And like all those dudes were like super cool. And they were like, Oh, we should do more gigs. And we're like, let's do more gigs. You know, yeah. let's do East coast, let's do Europe, whatever we're going to do, you know? And those conversations were happening, and then COVID hit and cut everybody off at the knees. I mean, it's it's common knowledge; everybody knows the state yeah. of the world we're in right now. You know, yeah. Um, and it and it sucks because you know we we're we wanted to do like you know a five day East Coast run or like ten days in Europe or two weeks in Europe or something like that. These were these were things that you know were very tangible. Um, and now who knows? Who knows? Like I'd still like to do all that stuff, but until until our pandemic gets figured out um, among other things i mean fuck the, the world in, in general right now is 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 in a very strange strange spot like i feel that like you know one small spark could really tip off a, a, a some really nasty stuff at home and abroad so really you know i'm i'm just i'm just going to work every day and trying to get through so yeah so, um, yeah, <laughs> that's a little too heavy, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, it's just for the. I was talking to Farside today, and I was like, you know, wondering if this this uh, tension between Turkey and Greece right now was, uh, you know, the world's next Franz Ferdinand moment. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. He's. He's like, man, I don't have to talk you off a ledge, do I? <laughs> Farsight said that or you said that? <laughs> Farsight said that because I was, you know, okay. I was just being like, you know, the world, the world, I'm looking at everything holistically and, and uh, things do not. Also, um, uh, the worst wheat harvest in 40 years in, in, in the UK as well. So there's a lot of factors that if you look at it, it's like, oh, well, this there was also a storm that ripped through Iowa, destroying like massive amounts of uh, crops and stuff there. Too, yeah. that nobody's so, like, talking you look, about. You know, you look, you look at the state of the world and you're like, oh shit, you know, what's, what's, what, what's about to happen, you know? And, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens come November. And if, uh, that's just the bowling ball that hits the pins just right. You know what I mean? And everything just goes, goes to hell. I mean, everything's going to hell already. Right? What's that? Hurricane Laura is pretty big. 
Yeah, that if that what that does to Louisiana and Texas, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just nasty. The the climate, the global climate is nasty right now, and and uh, you know, the police are not doing themselves any favors by keeping shooting people that are unarmed. I mean, you fucking morons! Like, don't even try to tell me you care anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. So as, as you can see, I'm wearing my Dicks Hate the Police shirt today. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like, God, it's just like, fuck, we're fucked, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I have a number of like, uh, I don't want to say anti-cop shirts, but you know what I'm saying? Um, from like all of the protests and everything, like, right. I picked up some things, but I'm honestly a little nervous to wear them around here because the cops here in New York in July, they went on quiet strike and you know, there's like, yeah, we'll show up to work, but we're not going to do our jobs. Right. And right. There was right. Like massive shootings and a lot of violent crime spike. And then they were like, see, told you we need all the money you got to give us. <laughs> I was like, you motherfuckers, like, yeah, you know, you, you just stopped doing your job knowing what was going to happen, yeah. you know, because you're like, you're upset because people are mad that you're like, they call, that a, they call that a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's nasty. But, I, you know, I believe that Black Lives Matter, and I believe that, you know, the, the things that are, are out there on the streets and what people are marching for matters and is, is important. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've made some donations and picked up, picked up a, few, a few merch things that were for benefits, uh, but I've also made donations especially to the, like the uh the bail fund here uh after mm-hmm. the big protest people got people got uh, arrested and stuff like that because you know i can't i have kids i'm home you know i'm home with my kids at night my wife worked at night so like i can't be i can't be out on the streets i have to still provide for my family yeah i mean uh, I, so I i try to help I, the, as best i can yeah um, that's much the same like i feel that like protesting is a young person's game and I personally, myself, I don't know how I would have reacted in certain situations, and I didn't want to be another white guy causing shit. Right. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'll support where I can, how I can, yeah. and, you know, and be low-key. But I definitely went to a bunch of the stuff that was here in Astoria. That's cool. Yeah, there's there, – where I live, you know, I'd have, to, I'd have to drive quite a bit to get to that kind of stuff because uh, I live pretty rural. Um, so I've just been making donations uh, here and there where I can. Um, and you know, boosting some stuff online. I try not to go too crazy on it because one, I don't want to be triggering, and, and and two, um, you know, if you put, I think that if you just if you're just shoveling information out there, people just tune out. So I, you know, I try to make it concise and 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 specific. Um, but yeah, not a fan, not a fan of cops at all. And on that note. um you got anything else for tuning chris no uh, i think we kind of covered everything that i had in my head so how have you been receiving the album jeremy uh it seems like very well i'm much more so than the first one yeah um i I feel like i feel like that might be because it's on indecision versus unity worldwide because i think like I'm not familiar with Unity Worldwide, but when the last one dropped, I think the only thing they really had was uh, Joe Foster's bands. Uh, yeah, uh, they had done they had done like a Battery reissue and the Winds of Promise record, and like uh, that Dave Smalley band. They had done like that yeah. stuff. So now they're now they're doing more stuff. They like Field Day and um, yeah, but it's again, it's still like older people bands but i mean like this record is like indecision 130 like indecision is like a household name in hardcore you know like i I feel like that might be a part of it and and at one point they had you know they they had really legitimate headlining bands you know um and uh i don't know i i think i also think because we're on a u.s label yeah but also like you know i get to look at our spotify numbers you know because we have a spotify we have our show and so I get to see like where people are listening to us, you know, which is cool. I like that. I like being able to see that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LA, Anaheim, San Diego, Portland, Seattle, 
Oakland, San Francisco, like places that we've played on tour, a lot of people are listening to it. A lot of people are streaming it. You know what I mean? And then I get, you know, there's numbers all over the world. It's, it's always like where we played on the Slapshot Tour and like three cities in Germany. That's always our tap, top ten, you know. Um, and, and that's cool, you know. But, you know, I, I see all the people who posted that they bought it online. We've, we, we re, you know, on our Instagram, we've, uh, you know, we re, repost all that stuff. Um, and it seems like people dig it, you know. I, I'm getting unsolicited messages from friends of mine who have not liked any band I've been in in 20 years, you know, <laughs> telling me that, hey, I really like this record. I think it's really good. I like how it sounds. I like the songs. I think you guys have a good band. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 a, that's, a nice, that's a nice feeling when a bandmate of mine who I haven't been in the band with in 22 years, you know, tells me, he's heard the new record and he thinks it's really fucking good. Um, Do you want to say who that is? It was Blake. It was Blake from no reason. Oh, okay. It was, you know, and he's not a modern hardcore guy by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and he, he, he sent me a really nice message, you know, saying he checked it out and he thought it was really fucking good. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, cause you know, that's, that's, that's cool. But it seems like it's, it got a lot of traction online. The Spotify, I look at the streams on Spotify it's got like um, 5,500 streams on Spotify and it just came out on Friday. So they haven't been out a week yet. Yeah. Um, you know, our monthly listeners went from uh, 320-ish, 340th monthly listeners uh, the day before it released. And now we're at 722 monthly listeners. So, you know, people are checking it out, you know, yeah. much more so because, you know, the most monthly listeners we ever had was right before the Slapshot Tour when we dropped uh, the what ended up being the first single off this record, we released it as a promo. Um, you know, we had topped out around 358 for monthly listeners on Spotify, and then that number would like drop down, then it would come up, and then you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like people dig it, and uh, I mean, I like it, and that's all that really matters. But um, <laughs> it's it's, no, it's good. It's, it's, it's a good record. It's solid production. Like it's good, good stuff. Yeah. And like, I think the artwork really works for it, for the vibe. Um, I think, I think it's just, it's a really nice cohesive piece uh, that I don't think every record I've ever done is. Um, so, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I don't mean to cut you off cause I do that a lot, but I was talking to somebody, I don't remember who about how, like with some of your past bands, I don't think that the artwork is necessarily reflective of the bands. So it's interesting right. that you like that you, you have that feeling now with this. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, a lot of it has, you know, like, um, like some of the dead heart stuff. I, I, I don't, you know, the art might be sound, but I don't think it quite represents what was on the record. Um, and it was dead hearts that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So like those, some of those covers are very of the time. They're not very mm -hmm. timeless. They're very of the time. And like, you know, that's why with Modern Problems, with that LP, I wanted to give it more of like a classic timeless feel. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more cognizant of that, but I also have more, you know, with this band, I also have more creative control, um, you know, I, I guess, because I, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, the engine. Not saying the other guys don't have input, they do, and they, they're, they're part of the whole process, but, you know, there's a difference between the engine and the guy who shovels the coal in, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh, you can't have one without the other, but you know, one is definitely the reason why you're moving forward. So, um, so I, I just kind of look at it holistically and, 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 you know, how are we going to make this record look great? How is it going to sound? And really our drummer, our drummer is the one who pushed for us to go to the studio we went to and work with Zach Oren mm -hmm. Um, cause they, they've been friends forever, like forever. And Zach Orton is like a big metal producer now. Like he's produced like machine head records and stuff. And like, you know, he's like wildly successful in the metal world. But when he first started doing recordings, he was doing all the early two thousands hardcore records out here, like, um, go it alone and killing the dream and stuff like that. So he understands that, that melodic hardcore world. Um, although he's been working in metal for the past 10, 12 years. Uh, so our drummer was like, 
dude, I'm telling you, we got to go to Zach. We got to go to Zach. We got to go to Zach. And I was content with recording with the guy who did our first record again. And he's like, no, man, I'm telling you, Zach, Zach will do it, you know, and he'll do a great job. And I'm so glad he convinced me to do that. Because with, with working with, with, uh, with Donald, who did our first record, it was really chill and really laid back. Um, and it was the same with Zach, but Zach, uh, Zach's very uh, focused, very on, on task. So he kept us on task in a way. And he's got a really good ear. So I could be like, ah, let's, let's redo that and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's just totally, he's just got the ear for it. So it was wonderful. Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah. I'm a fan. But I yeah, yeah, it's definitely like it's, it's, yeah, I'm sorry, Mark. Keep going. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I was done. <laughs> yeah, it's beefy. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely yeah, hear it. You want to keep hearing it because of how it sounds, I think. I think that's one of the things about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that opening, opening track riff, it just really grabs you and it's like you need to pay attention to this. Definitely. Thanks. I wrote that sitting on this bed. Is it EP? What's that? Is it an LP or a 12 inch EP? Dude, who fucking knows anymore? I don't know. What do you consider it to be? You know what I mean? Like, it's eight songs, but it's like, what, 21 minutes, something like that? Yeah. But, like, is it you look at the, 45 the or 33? The center LP is like 16, 16 minutes, you know? So. Yeah, it's I mean, 45, so I think it might technically be an EP. Yeah, I mean, it's just a 12-inch to me, but I, I'll call it an LP because, I mean, who wants to hear more than eight hardcore songs in a row anyway? I mean, you know, there's you a know. reason why hardcore bands play for 15 minutes, you know? <laughs> Another <laughs> podcast old... talked about how, uh, you know, you would get like a 10-band 7-inch 30 years ago, and now you only get like eight-song LPs. <laughs> well, I mean, it is it, it is what it is. Here's the thing, though. For classic bands, I prefer 7 inches, but for modern bands, I prefer LPs. Why is that? Like 12 inches, 12 inches. I don't know why. Like, for classic bands, I want, I want 7 inches, but for, like, current bands, I'm totally well, more into it if, if they do a 12-inch, even though it could all fit on a 7-inch. I don't know. I don't know. What, what's your feeling on that, Mark? I, Mark doesn't buy vinyl. I don't buy records. <laughs> but I might buy I, I might buy the, I I think I'm going to buy this record. Are you gonna get it on white or blue? Because Jeremy prefers the blue and shame me for buying the white. <laughs> no, I just think the blue looks slicker. That's all. I just think it looks cooler. But there's less of the white and I think it's close to being sold out. I he was down to single digits the week of the of, of release. So from indecision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably There's no like limited yellow on Rev. That seems to be a thing with uh, Indecision and a couple of the other labels. Yeah, no, we just did. We did a we did a pretty um, pretty modest run. You know, hundred on white, five hundred on blue. Because we're we don't you know like uh, that. I that direct came out on August twenty first, correct? Yeah. And well, I like the Be Well LP, and I think both. Like it's crazy that two records came out in one day that I like, like in in this day and age, which is it's kind of crazy. You know, I I tried to listen to the Be Well record the other day, yeah. and uh, that's that's a record that's not for me. Fair enough. It's, yeah, it's, I I checked it out very briefly, but uh, didn't really have time to 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 listen to it. So. I like both of them. I, I it's been out like four days, you know. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I no, mean? No, I feel so. I feel like I should like it because all my friends like it. Like I don't know Brian McTarran, but I really like Mike. You yeah. know, and like, and I listened to it, and I was just like, oh, I, I feel bad that this isn't for me, but this isn't for me. I'll be honest, like I haven't tried to really dig into it. Yeah. Solely because it's not battery. <laughs> I really liked I really liked Battery. I mean I went on road trips with Mark to see Battery, you know, when we were yeah. young, so like I really so like I'm just like I'm a little like eh, I don't know. Um but you know also a lot of stuff came out last week. Like the new Buried Alive came out last week and stuff like that. So it's like it was a busy like release week and, and that so August twenty first as well. Yes. I like yeah. that too. <laughs> so you got three records you like coming out on the same day? That's crazy. 
Dude, insanity. 2020 <laughs> is now 1998. I don't like yeah. any. Yeah, that, that, I would say the Buried Alive was pretty decent. The two new songs were decent. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good record. It's a good record. It's a nice EP. It flows well. Yeah. It's so weird cool. you if you the because they were recorded at two different studios, if you like it's very noticeable between the two the two sets of songs. Yeah. It happens. I mean it happens. I know it happens, but I was really surprised by that. Like it was almost jarring. I like I like I like the record. I think it's cool. But um yeah, there's some other stuff that came out too. But yeah, it's it's just it's been a very busy week and stuff stuff coming remember when we were younger stuff came out on Tuesdays, you know, or whenever the yeah, fuck yeah. they wanted to come out, you know. Well, um, now, yeah, it used to come out on. Out on go finish what you're going to say. Now everything comes out on Fridays, so yes. it's like, it's like okay, cool, but like Saturday and Sunday, I'm hanging out with my kids, you know, and they yeah. don't want to hear they don't want to hear the rah rah man screaming at them all day, you know what I mean? So, it, so part of the part of the reason for that is because of um, internet leaking because records yeah, I know, I know. the record on Friday. But I don't know uh, if yeah. anyone who's listening knows. Yeah, it's European. It's European release dates and everything like that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they they want it all to come out at the same time, so everybody's getting paid or whatever. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I'm not getting. Paid, yeah, but so. I, I miss I miss the Tuesday release days. Like, I miss that. Me too. And Mark, any opinion note, on that? <laughs> on that note. <laughs>